0: It's my pleasure to bring the Word of God to you today. I want to thank Pastors Derek and Hillary for this opportunity to share with you. The title of my message today, for want of any other title, this seemed to be the best one, is Let Go and Let God. And I'm sure you've heard that expression before. But I want to bring it to you today from Paul's letter to the Philippians and chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, verses that you may well be very familiar with. But I trust that uh, as we look at these verses again today, that you'll get something fresh from the Holy Spirit out of them. Now, as we start off, I'm going to bring you three Ps here, three Ps from these two verses. Let me read the verses and let me lay out before you the, the three Ps that we're going to be looking at. Philippians 4 Verse 6 says this Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then verse 7 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Wonderful verses. Now, the three Ps that I want to bring to you today are, number one, preoccupation. Be anxious for nothing, he says, preoccupation. And the second one, prayer. He says, in everything, by prayer and supplication, talk to God about it. And thirdly, he says, and the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So we've got three Ps here, preoccupation, prayer, and peace. And in fact, in these verses, Paul promises us peace in place of our preoccupation. But that's if we will give everything to God in prayer. Well, it sounds so simple, doesn't it? Now, to begin with, I'm going to talk about preoccupation and we're going to spend a little time on this and i don't want you to change the channel because we're going to look at some some heavy things concerning what preoccupation really is now i remember when i was when i was little this is going to date me but uh, i remember up pompeii with frankie howard and there was a a character in that uh, in that comedy she was a, a an old soothsayer and she used to come along crying woe woe and thrice woe and uh, Frankie Howard of course his character would say oh, she is a misery well I don't want to be a misery in the first part of, of this message to you but I think we do have to look at why Paul is so strong here when he says be anxious for nothing don't be preoccupied about anything and for many of us, that's easier said than done. So many people, good Christian people, maybe some of us watching this program today would say, you know what, uh, my grandmother was a worrier, my mother was a worrier, I've worried all my life, it's just a part of my life, and, and you know, it's just part of who I am. Well, Paul says here, don't worry. Preoccupation. What do we mean, preoccupation? You know, literally, it means when your mind is seized beforehand with a fear of something that has yet to take place. Think about that. Preoccupied. And you know, Paul says here, it's very clear in the Greek language, the first word we get is the word nothing. Nothing. He's emphasizing nothing. And then he says, don't be preoccupied, don't worry. In fact, the the sense that we get here is that the Philippians are already worrying and he's saying, stop it, stop it, stop worrying. And it's such a strong command. Now, this is a command. It's not a recommendation. It's not a suggestion. It's a command to us. It's not, well, if you could see a way to do it, if... If you know, if you could manage this, it really would be a good idea. No, it's very direct. It's very stern. Do not worry. Do not be preoccupied. That's what preoccupation is. is worry. It's anxiety. And Jesus, you know, gives the same command, and he gives it three times in ten verses. In Matthew chapter six, a famous passage, probably many of you are familiar with it, but he says in Matthew six twenty-five, do not worry. Exactly the same words, really. A few verses later, verse thirty-one of Matthew six, he says, Do not worry. And then again in verse thirty-four he says, Do not worry. Three times in ten verses. You know, when the the Bible comes to us in that way, when the Holy Spirit inspired uh, Matthew to write in that in, and record the words of Jesus like that. When we have that repetition, it's for a purpose. And, you know, I sometimes think uh, when, when we have it like that, it's because God knows we won't listen the first time or the second time. He has to say it three times to us. And Jesus is very clear here. Again, it's not a recommendation. It's a command. Do not worry. He says it three times. Now, if Jesus commands us not to do it, then it must be because we can stop doing it. We can stop worrying. Jesus would be unjust to command us to stop worrying if it was just impossible for us to stop, to obey his command and stop worrying. That would be unjust. But he's not unjust. We can stop worrying. As we turn into a new year, sometimes we look to turn over a new leaf. We want to make a resolution to live a better life, a more carefree life. And here's our opportunity. And I pray that will all of us take this message to heart, including myself in this, that this year we'll, we'll stop worrying. We can stop worrying and we must stop worrying. Why? Because worry is sin pure and simple. There we've said it. It's blunt. It's clear. Do not worry. Paul said it once. Jesus said it three times. There you have four times in the Bible commanding us, don't worry. And if we don't do that, what is that? That's sin. Well, I know you're reaching for that channel changing button right now. Don't do it. Don't do it. We'll we'll get... This is just the prologue. We'll get on to to better things but we need to look at this what is worry you know one day i was thinking about this i was meditating on philippians chapter four verse six and i I, it just came up in my heart worry is praying to yourself think about that have you ever worried have you ever been walking up and down maybe in your bedroom or in your sitting room and at some emergency, some situation in the family, or at work, or in your finances, or in your health, a doctor's report or something, and you're marching up and down, your sitting room floor, and you're scratching your head, and you, and you, you start talking to yourself. Now, now if that happens, I'm, I suppose we could do that, but then, no, 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 if we do that, then who are we talking to? <laughs> We're talking to ourselves. We're praying to ourselves. And really what, what we're doing, we're looking to our almighty brain and we're saying, oh, almighty brain, give me the answer. Oh, oh, mighty cerebrum, oh, great cranium, give me the answer to my problem. And you know what that is? It's just idolatry. It's just putting on a pedestal our mind. And you know, here, here in... Uh, In the UK and in Europe at large, we have been trained from childhood really to exalt our minds and to trust in our minds, to lean on our understanding. But in the Proverbs it tells us to trust in the Lord and lean not on our own understanding. Worry is idolatry. It puts our minds on a pedestal. It's praying to ourselves as a God. Did you think about that? One person said, It's an intrusion into God's arena. It makes us the father of the household instead of being a child. That's strong. I want you to think about that. Worry is really pride. It's holding things to ourselves and not releasing them to God because we can take care of them. Some other things that it says... Different phrases people have said about worry. Worry over tomorrow pulls shadows over today's sunshine. Think about that. Worry never robs tomorrow of its sorrow, it only saps today of its strength. One man said, Worry is practical atheism and it is an affront to God. John Wesley said he would just as soon swear as to worry. These are strong statements. But have we really seen worry for uh, as, as terrible a thing as it is? Worry is poison. It clouds our vision and we just can't see straight. Like drunken people, we stagger. We can't walk a straight line because our minds are clouded with worry. Doctors recognise that worry uh, can cause all sorts of physical problems for, for us. Uh, stomach ulcers, various problems that we might get through worry. If I look at some synonyms for worry, the, the word to fret is from the old English fret, and it means to eat. And there's a Jewish proverb that says, worms eat you when you're dead, worries eat you when you're alive. Isn't that the truth? How many of us have lost sleep and, and lost peace of mind just through worry? Worry itself, the word is from the old high German, vergen. And it means to strangle. Anxiety. Think about this. It's from uh, the Latin root word angere. And it means to strangle or to choke. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew 13, 23, that the cares, same word as, as used in Philippians 4, the cares of this world choke the word of God and its effectiveness in our lives and cause it to be unfruitful. So in Philippians and Matthew, the verb... In the Greek language, merimnein, what does it mean? It means to be drawn in different directions in your mind. Preoccupation pulls us in every direction except toward God. It distracts us. And so I believe you've had enough of this. I believe you say, okay, you've laid it out quite plainly enough. Worry is wrong. Worry is not God's plan for our lives. But if I'm not going to worry, what am I going to do? Well, thank God for the word of God. Paul doesn't just give us this command not to worry and give us no solution. There is a solution. And he goes on, Paul sets prayer in direct opposition to worry. So he says, stop worrying about anything, but that puts it in opposition But in everything, you see, prayer is the antidote to worry's poison. Prayer breaks the stranglehold of care in our lives. Paul says to give everything to God in prayer. And that word prayer there, prosiuche in the Greek language, is really talking, the pros means looking at him face to face, coming to him face to face. It's looking to him, and to do that, we need to turn away from our problems. We, we need to stop giving them our utter, utter attention, our, our fixated uh, look. Nothing is too small to bring to God. That's why Paul says, but in everything, in everything, by prayer and supplication, nothing is too small to God. Have you ever said, well, you know, it's such a small thing, I wouldn't want to bother God with that. And yet he says, Paul says, in everything by prayer and supplication, there's nothing, nothing too small to bring to God. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 7 is a beautiful verse. And Peter says, casting all your care upon him. Again, it's everything. Nothing's too small. Casting the whole, all of your care upon him. Why? Because he cares for us. Because he cares for you, Peter says. Prayer casts all the care upon God, not just a part. And when we throw it to him, and that is what the word means there in 1 Peter 5, this word, Greek word, epiripto, it means to, to throw with all your might. He says here, uh, when, we th- uh, when we throw it to him, we mustn't take it back. It's a stick, not a boomerang. You give it to him and you leave it with him. You know, many times we we pray and we release something to God, but somehow after about 10 minutes, it comes back to us on elastic, and we're going round and round and round with it, like a dog chasing our own tail. And it makes us dizzy, and it makes us unproductive in life. It, It affects our relationships. It affects every part of our life. But Peter says, casting all our care upon him. You know, in Luke's Gospel, there's a story of the disciples uh, getting a, a colt for Jesus, and they threw, same, exactly the same word, they threw their cloaks upon the colt. And you know, that's exactly what we need to do. We need to offload our burdens, which God never designed for us to carry. He never designed us to carry those to throw them onto him, he's willing, he's ready to take them upon his back if we'll just release them to him. Are you ready to release some cares to him today? Today's a good day to do that and to leave it with him. Notice he says here, by prayer and supplication, supplication, that specific request, make your request specific. If you've got a specific concern or worry, give it to God specifically. And notice then Paul says that we do this with thanksgiving. Ah, this is so important. There's a reason why Paul put that in there. When we give our care to God, we thank him for the answer before we ever see the answer. That's faith. Faith expresses itself joyfully in thanksgiving, trusting God that now it's in his hands and he's working it out beyond where where I can see that the answer could come from. God is at work and he's going to... He's going to bring it all to pass. He's going to work it out. Prayer with thanksgiving releases joy and it releases peace. Do you want more peace in your life? Peace belongs to us. When we were born again, the Holy Spirit came to live inside us with all his peace. But are we experiencing that peace in our day-to-day lives? You know, Paul says that if we will release these cares, these preoccupations to God, if we will throw them to him in prayer. And sometimes we, we do have to be that, that severe, we do have to be that determined to release it to God in prayer. I think about when I was younger playing cricket in the team, I uh, would uh, often be fielding out in the boundary on the leg side and if somebody hit one into the outfield, I'd pick it up and then I've got to throw it into the wicketkeeper. Now some, you know, if I just stood there and went like that, I mean, the rest of the team would get upset because the, the opposing batsman would, would be racking up run after run while I just threw it in a half-hearted and feeble kind of a way, no. To return it to the wicket keeper i 'd really have to launch that ball in order for it to sail into his gloves back there by the wicket and it 's the same word really that Peter talks about here it 's the same thing that we need to do with our cares. We really need to send them to God, give them to God. not that God is a million miles away, sometimes he may feel that it may feel to us that he is, but he isn 't. He's right there, he's near us, but we need to release these things to him. Are you ready to do some of that today? If you will, then peace is the fruit of giving everything to God in prayer. That's Paul, what Paul says in verse seven. let's read that again, Philippians four seven and says, "And the peace of God and the peace. notice and it's joined on to what he's just said. And so peace is the fruit of giving everything to God in prayer. If we will give it to God, that peace, Paul says, it will guard your heart and mind. It will be like a garrison wall, not just like a a little low wooden fence, but it will be like a garrison wall around our hearts and minds. You know, in Acts chapter 12, there's an extraordinary story about the Apostle Peter. And he has been locked up in prison, and uh, he's about to be executed. But amazingly enough, the night before he's due to be brought out and summoned before everybody to face his, his uh, execution, he is sleeping so deeply deeply that the angel God sends really has to shake him and wake him up and get him up. Paul, uh, Peter was sleeping peacefully, and this was the night before he was due to die. Now, how could he sleep that peacefully? It's because he trusted God. It's because he'd released any care, any worry. Remember what he said in his own letter, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Peter had trusted God entirely. But, you know, I think also Peter had in mind that Jesus had spoken some words about his future. Jesus had talked about how Jesus, uh, how, how, excuse me, Peter would die in his old age. And Peter thought, I'm not old yet. It's not my time to go. I'm in God's hands. God will sort this out. And so he slept peacefully, and the angel had to wake him up. Are you sleeping peacefully are your nights uh, comfortable, or are you up pacing the floor, wondering how how you 're going to get out of the deep hole that you find yourself in? Relax today, give it to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will begin to mount this mount this protection over your heart and mind you will find yourself, even in the middle of dire circumstances, with a deep abiding peace. You know, the scripture talks about the Lord himself as Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is our peace. You know, Paul promises us peace for our preoccupation if we will just give everything to God in prayer. But you know, so often... We're like dogs with a bone, and we won't drop it. We will not drop that bone. We hold on to it, but today I I, I just want to ask you, are you ready to drop that bone? Are you ready to stop gnawing on on those thoughts and those problems that are really beyond your power to solve and resolve? Are you ready to drop that? Are you ready to give it to God? Are you ready to throw that to God? God is waiting to receive that. He, he, he is the one, the only one, who is capable of taking these things. We ourselves are not designed to bear these things. You know, many in the Western world and even beyond the Western world uh, are finding themselves overwhelmed with, with the life that they're facing. And so many people are experiencing different kinds of uh, mental distress, nervous exhaustion, all kinds of things going on because people are bearing a a load and are, are leaning on their minds and their souls to support them. Imagine if this pulpit here was made of the kind of wafers that we sometimes put in ice creams. Imagine that that wafer could not hold my weight it would crack and many times we're leaning on our minds and putting all our weight on our minds and if we're not careful our minds are going to crack so as we enter this new year let's make a resolution with the Holy Spirit as our helper let's make a resolution that we're going to stop worrying that we're going to dismiss anxiety from our minds from our lives and we're going to instead pray, give everything to God in prayer. And what will be the result? The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. In many, in many occasions, you, you can find yourself in a difficult spot and you can, you can say to yourself, how am I so calm in the midst of this? It's the grace of God. It is the peace of God, mounting God over my heart and mind. Well, I've presented these simple verses to you, and these three P's. Do you want to go from preoccupation to peace? The root is through prayer. So do you want to pray right now? We can pray together, and let's make a decision to lay aside some things that we've been holding on to. Are you ready to do that? Just pray with me right now, and be specific. If you've got a specific worry, a specific problem, whether it's a financial one, a physical problem with health, some sort of uh, uh, emotional or nervous problem, Uh, whatever the problem is, just give it to God right now. First of all, we we need to repent. Some of us have got some repenting to do. And so we need to say, first of all, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for bearing this thing upon myself. I repent of taking this load upon myself and trying to be God. I repent of praying to myself as if I'm the ultimate answer to my problems. I repent of not looking to you, I repent of allowing my my attention to be drawn away from you by these things. Lord, right now I come to you and I cast these cares to you. I just throw them. And it might help you wherever you are right now, as long as as you're not going to break anything around you in your sitting room or wherever you're watching this, but it might just help you just just to physically go through the action of just launching that to him and just see it as gone see it as in his hands, see, see him as, uh, as the hem, heavenly wicket keeper, just taking hold of that and say, Lord, it's yours. I'm trusting you to work it out. I'm trusting you to bring a resolution where I have no power to solve this one. You are the solution in this situation. You are the way. You are the answer. And Lord, right now, as we do this, we thank you that your peace begins to flood our hearts and minds, that your peace is working in our lives, is bringing us that wholeness, spirit, soul, and body, that that realignment so that we can walk in the high life that you have for us through Christ Jesus. Thank you for it today, Lord. Thank you that we can be free of these things. Thank you. Lord, that you hear our prayers and that you answer them. In Jesus' name, amen.